Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. What's up, everybody? I am Matt Aguilar. Welcome to Comic Book Nation's The Pool List, where we talk about all things comics all the time. Uh, I've got my regular host, brother from another Kofi Outlaw. And then joining us this week is the uh, wonderful Jim Viscardi to talk about comics. I know he's always thrilled to do that. Uh, how you doing, guys? Uh, we're, I mean, we're out of the ice, uh, down here in Nashville. So, uh, we're into the rain, but we're out of the ice. So, you know, we're, it, we're, it is 60 ice. degrees. Pulled out the shorts, and to be honest, I've been wearing shorts the whole the whole time. But uh, it it's nice to feel the warmth again. Well, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I. I and man, what is, a week for comics! I know it's a, it's it's a big week for comics. It's a big week for uh, I feel like everything, regardless of genre or uh, side of the industry, hit Tuesday. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is nuts across the board. Uh, and by the way, thank you for thank checking you for us out, out. Uh, P uh, Phil. We, we will be, be very light very spoilers. Light we try. Spoilers. Uh, we know right. it's Wednesday. Know it's we Wednesday. try not to we like try not to like you know talk about the big you know, giant reveals big and stuff. Giant. So you should be safe. If I do mention anything, I will make sure to put a warning beforehand. So you're all good to go. Yes. Uh, and, and thanks for joining the show. What's up, Damon? What's up, Agents of Fandom? Uh, so glad you guys are here. So we got lots of comics to talk about. Uh, we got a whole new universe launching. Uh, and then we've got things from the big two as well. And plus, because it's me, Power Rangers. Hey, what's up? It's awesome to have that. Uh, but let's start with Marvel. Let's start with the continuing Krakoa saga in the resurrection of Magneto number one. Uh, I did not really know what to expect from this book. Uh, the the books have been the X books have kind of been, you know, we're in this third kind of final chapter, the fall of Krakoa and the fall of the X-Men. And so obviously you're looking for, um, I don't know, a little a little hope from the title <laughs> the resurrection of, of Magneto. Um, I don't know that that's what we got, but but I was in I was intrigued the whole way through. And really, this is, you know, again, not going into major spoilers here, but uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to see even from the previews. This is really not a Magneto book. This is a storm book that is about Magneto. <laughs> so this is like a completely from Storm's perspective, but it it has to do with her relationship with Magneto and what the obviously the goal of the title is and and how he might react to that uh but there's actually very little magneto in it so that i don't know i was i was kind of i was intrigued along the way that it was a bunch of compelling things especially if you're a storm fan uh but i didn't know what to think i'm still kind of trying to process how i feel about this book uh jim what do you what do you think man there a lot happens in this book a lot <laughs> and so it's one of those things where I have been kind of just like 
dipping my toe into this like last phase of the X-Men stuff. Uh, so I'm like, I'm a little lost and I was a little lost at first. But then as I started reading the book, I was like, oh, wow. One, the book looks great. Oh, Two, my God, it's gorgeous. the book also reads great. And I think one of the more compelling things that this issue in particular, I think, sets up is everyone is always so when you think of Magneto, you think of his relationship with Xavier, right? Not necessarily realizing that over the years, this is a character that's obviously touched a lot of characters and has built a lot of relationships with whatever. And so right. being able to kind of see there's one part in particular that like has a number of callbacks yes, to that's interactions that the two of them, the that the two of them have had. And, and it really goes to show, you know, uh, what like how it all kind of comes together and uh like it was like i said i wasn't really sure what to expect from this book i this was definitely go i was going into it thinking to myself yeah if i don't like it uh, that's fine i'll catch it you know either at the end or whatever but this has made me like all right no i'll check this out and look i mean with al ewing i should know better by now and just be like okay well al's writing the book i'll <laughs> i'm in but but yeah no I I loved it I think it I think it it shows a lot of really interesting aspects to like this definitely feels like it's it's definitely a side quest story um, but a really good one I mean and it's a great storm story yeah uh, Kofi I know you love typically when the X books kind of dive into the minutia of, of things and and really kind of get in there uh, how you feel about this. First of all, I don't remember ever saying that. You do. <laughs> we talk about, we just no, talked about the Powers thinking. books and you're like, I love it when we get into the nitty gritty in the house and all of that stuff. You just talked about it like two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I think I was talking about like heady timeline concepts. I think I'm the heady first stuff one in here. to say that I hate when we have like entire issues or chapters of things where it's like, oh, we're taking a psychic journey through somebody's psyche and I have oh, to yeah, go through all like this. That bad salvador dolly knockoff stuff for like what the inside of kid omega's head is like so i'm I'm not always like a fan of these types of concepts and i, I think i i told you like on the side and in, in my more kind of exy podcast way that i was i feel like i feel like al ewing like storm is one of his favorite characters in like he in just what he's done with this whole kind of X-Men Red being this kind of crazy storm magneto focused book is great. Um, but like, yeah, there's so I think that nobody cracks the code on Storm. And I think I think I would love to see like more female creators take crack at Storm. And that's not a knock against Al Ewing. This is sure. a fascinating story. But like everybody, like half the industry spends like half their time trying to define for people who Storm is and like how many things Storm can be right. and blah, 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 blah. And I've like I've heard this story so many different ways and we keep adding layers to it. But it, it feels like Storm is perpetually this character who never figures out who Storm is. Um, and, mm. and this just still feels like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a weird juxtaposition. It is interesting. I've never thought of her and Magneto. Those are probably weirdly like two of the furthest characters that i've ever considered on the page until we got this last run of books um but i love their dynamic because they are both you know top of their line omega mutant strong play with forces of nature 
and and kind of have these very different views of life from these two different you know cultural experiences so that stuff is interesting and i think this book had to lay we talk about first issues all the time you and me matt and this one's an okay first issue for me it's okay it had to lay a lot of weird groundwork for mm. what we're really getting into in this book. But yeah, I have no idea how this relates into any of the other Fall of the House of X stuff outside of I'm getting it. Magneto I, I, back, I, I yeah. guess. I mean, we it's weirdly it's also like weirdly a place for a repository for some like crucial information. Like it's weird that this book is the place we get the best look and explanation of what dominions are mm, mm-hmm. and how dominions actually exist in this universe. Right. And like the fact that there's more than one and the fact that there are, and if you can decode all this crazy speak that they're written in that, you know, there's other stuff. I don't want to get too deep. I feel like I'm getting too deep now, but you get all this pertinent information to what's actually mm-hmm. going on with the big overarching thing, but it's so weird to get it and i i'm always going to be wondering and i can't wait for like maybe a future jonathan hickman interview to see how much of this stuff was in hickman's head about where they've gone with like you know the white hot room mysterium Mm. the mutant afterlife and all that stuff how the phoenix ties in how this ties back to araco and all these portals how everybody keeps ending up from everywhere back in these places like i'm gonna go out on a limb and say he has no freaking clue yeah exactly some of this is just like it was two sentences in the rough outline and then he was like yeah i'll figure this out yeah like i I feel like we've gotten into a bit of a mess but it is Storm is a fascinating and good vessel mm-hmm. to kind of go through this. And I and just look, hope I love seeing Blue Marvel show up too. Yeah. That was, I mean, and they that call was a great director of Magneto. Is that is that who that was? I meant to ask because I didn't have time to look it up. I read so many books. Like mm-hmm. that was the one thing I couldn't pull from this. I was like, who did she meet? And I'm getting this blue marble. Oh, yeah, that's blue marble. Okay. See, yeah. I never got into that whole side of things. So I'm I'm yeah. blind. Oh, that's on another that one of Al Ewing's favorite characters. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh I think what it says that's all to say, I think what we set up throughout this whole book in I'm always a sucker for certain characters. There's a certain villain that returns in this one mm-hmm. that Storm has to face, which was like one of my favorite characters from this whole line. Mm-hmm. And I hope we do kind of have them stick around in some form or fashion. But um, by the end, I think we get, I hope that this flips into more of a resurrection of Magneto book because this first chapter was more like Storm, Woman of Tomorrow. And mm. um, I'm, I'm not hating that, but like. I was going to say, I don't hate that. I don't hate that, but like, <laughs> I do hope the title begins to come into focus more. And there are cliffhanger images that mm-hmm. are pretty ominous for where this is going. And yeah, um, if this is what it does for Storm, I am interested to see what it if it does this same thing for Magneto, for Magneto. and yeah. what that looks like. Well, I think right, but like I think the the X Men books are in a in a spot where a lot of these characters have gone through so much right and so so you have to like walk a balance of when you enter into this new era for the x-men how much of the classic characteristics are still going to be ingrained in what these characters are and how and but on the flip side how different are they going to be heading into this new era right and i think magneto there's a big question mark around him because that character has been flipped around and done so many different things over the years that like, you know, bringing him, what is bringing him back mean 
for the future of the X-Men line. Um, And hopefully, you know, that's what this book, the journey that this book will take us on. And I think and I think in that way, the more and more that Marvel seems to kind of confirm like, hey, we're 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 keeping stuff. This is some of this is sticking around. We're moving in the less scared I get. Right. Because I'm like, don't just like clean slate it like i i can't take that we've come too far that's regression to me right so right. i i want the it's important here i think this is actually a pretty critical issue to read if you are invested in that next era because they they do a lot here i mean without jumping into spoilers like they very much set the status quo for people who have not been following every single book with mm-hmm. that's been dealing with Araco. There's a lot that's covered here. Yeah, I have can, no clue. Right. I, that you can because yeah. unless you've been reading right. one or two particular titles, they've largely ignored that. Like that, that place is just like sitting up there. <laughs> no one's paying attention to it unless you are reading one or two specific books. In the right. grander scheme of things, it's a mention. And here it's like they actually get they give you a pretty good summation of like what's happened so far, where things lie, Storm's role. They also give you the, you know, hey, here's where Storm and Magneto are as far as resurrection, uh, yeah, yeah. protocols, things like that. Like there, there's a lot of status quo setting in this that I think if you just read this, you could feel comfortable moving forward with Magneto and Storm and understanding like where some of those aspects of the X-Men lie. So I think as a it I agree wholeheartedly. It's a lot. It's dense. Um, it's one of those things that I'll probably read again and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I missed that. I totally yeah. just missed because there's just it, so right. much information looks, flying at you. And it looks great. The book oh my looks God. Great. It, it that but we'll say too, uh, this reminds me that costume might be one of my favorites. It's a great one. The the yeah. and it's okay. It's the small things, but the way that the lightning bolt ties into the X. <laughs> oh my god, that's freaking brilliant! And whoever yeah. thought of that, like that's just that's amazing, right? So I love those little touches. But like, I love this look. I always also love Mohawk Storm anyway. So that's a great look in general. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. I think it is more of a storm book. But I do love when we get dives back into relationships. It's always what I loved about the Rogue Magneto dynamic that's one of my favorites and again that was not till you know more recent x-men that that was had at the time right and so over the years they've continued to build on that of course but like i love that dynamic it doesn't always just have to be about xavier and eric Mm -hmm. it can it can be about other people all right any last words before we want to move on to uh the penguin which i'm very excited to talk about I'm just glad Storm's in her Beyonce era. Well. <laughs> the, the, the only the only last comment I'll make is only because I I it was a uh, one of the other books I read that I don't really want to talk too much about because it it is what it was it is what it is. But I don't know if either of you guys read X Force uh, this week, but there is a there there is there is a moment in there where it looks like they like the Beast Rehabilitation Project oh. uh, looks like it is that train is leaving the station in a way, and oh. it's and it's interest in the way they do it is actually really interesting in the way that it also lines up with the fact that like we are also getting magneto back in a certain way and so it feels like all of these x-men books are trying to all like either bring some characters that may have had drastic changes back to center a little bit and but while also bringing back ones that aren't with us anymore like magneto um there are a few characters i would i there are most 
characters at this point i don't want to see a hard reset on because i i always feel like the except beast, beast the flaws beast. and wounds yeah beast is one you can go back to <laughs> just you know some, big like, feet man go back to big feet and blue and yellow i don't care like that dude is paint thinner and then all of a sudden the blue drips off and it's gray and we're like oh it was dark beast the whole yeah time. i mean look there, there's there's a moment in that x-force book i, I mean i look if you're it's a it seems easy enough that that issue seems easy enough. Uh, I hadn't, I've been following X-Force in chunks and I missed the, the last two, but I read, I wanted to read this one uh, only because the, the cover had me intrigued. And it's one of those things where like uh, you can jump into that one and where it looks like they're going. And I hope it's where it's going. Could be a good ride as we head into the, the end of this era. So between 2024 and 2025, there's a chance we might end up, Liking Reed Richards, thanks to Pedro Pascal, and liking Beast. I would not have had that on my bingo card because I despise both of those characters with a passion in the comics. But hey, I'm up for it, man. You know, yeah. I'm I'm good. If we can do that and then, you know, good old Kelsey Grammer can hop on the big screen and take the nice version of Beast, we're good. Stars and yeah. Garters Beast, that's what I need. I really yeah. need X-Men 97 to fix things because that was right. the last time Beast was off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Sorry, I'm going to get a lot of flag for that. Uh, and also, thank you, TJ, for the, the kind words. It's always great. Uh, let's move into The Penguin. Uh, I I It's been no secret me and Kofi have um, adored this, but I don't know if we've had the chance to talk to, to Jim about it during one of the weeks we've, we've talked about this. Uh, this book is taking us to the point in time where uh, Penguin, we, we really see like the beginnings of his empire forming when it comes to Gotham and the Iceberg Lounge uh, specifically. And I just, man, I, I, it might be hyperbole. It probably is to some degree, but okay. <laughs> this is, I think we have the ingredients here of like one of the all time best penguin runs. If this book keeps going the way it's going, Tom King has just absolutely killed this. I, I love this book so much. Not this series. I love this series so much. And this book, again, like I was riveted throughout the entire thing. I knew what was coming when the dynamic between like the lady and 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 Oswald and stuff. Like I knew that, I, but it didn't make the payoff any less sweet. Like, and it's awful. It's an awful payout. I should rephrase that. It's an awful payout, <laughs> but I, it still made it like, man, I just, I just love this series so much. And for what it's doing for Oswald as a person, like I can even say that now he's not just the penguin. It actually feels like I'm getting to know Oswald through the series. Ooh, um, yeah. I, I am. Mean, I love it. So anyway, Kofi, what you thinking? Cause I feel like the uh, disagreement I, I, is I all bar. Tweaks. No, I don't disagree. I just have tweaks to most of what you said. Um, uh, first, I think it's not hard to, have an all-time run on the penguin that's not to take away Very from friends of show, tom king we love tom king but nobody's really done great too many great runs with penguin over the years so Absolutely he's always this kind of middle character in other things yeah which is one thing i love about this book is that this book and and just this chapter it's called an unimportant man part one by the way so we're going to be getting more of this theme is a lot every issue of this book plays with that the fact that the penguin is this kind of middle of the bunch kind of never seems like the most threatening dynamic exciting even noticeable guy in the rogues gallery mm -hmm. or in any kind of supervillain lineup of anything but that's the actual strength of his menace right. is he uses that super unassuming um and this book 
this chapter, we've gotten it in almost every chapter except a wonderful chapter where he kind of met his match in a in a wonderful <laughs> character. Good. But um, in this chapter, it, it's really good because it's palpable. It takes us back to things we know, to year one Batman era, to like what that familiar story was with Batman trying to clean up the thing. And it actually retcons enough history to make in a very sensible way to show you like how penguin kind of literally and figuratively is this bridge between like old school gangsters, new age supervillains and, and how he plays that position in very purposefully in the middle of the pack. And the things that he does in this book without any kind of, and most of the panels are everybody else's view, right? It's, yeah. it's not him. It, it, we hear from Carmine Falcone. We hear from Batman. We hear from, and those two alone, we hear from this, you know, one lady that's this interesting twist in the story that you can read for yourself. But like the Falcone Batman thing, and when I was writing about this, it's like, here are two guys who were supposed to be like the smartest and, you know, most cunning and dangerous guys in Gotham City, right? And this chapter kind of turns that history to be like, well, well, in the middle of that, there was a guy who was, playing both of those sides, playing with both of those people and and gets these wins. And that's what I love about this book is like the penguin wins. Like even when you think it looks like he's like downtrodden, he ends up winning and he ends up winning big. And how this story kind of reframes the iceberg lounge, his role there, the history of that place and what it does is is really interesting. So, yeah, I think I think as I ended that article, I was like, if nothing else, like what Tom King is doing here is from now on, you're going to have to put respect on Penguin's name. Like when you talk about Penguin. <laughs> Get that Birdman give ready. Yeah. yeah. That Birdman respect on my name. Respect on my name. Yeah. I think yeah. that the thing about this book that uh, it, it makes me miss Tom King in Gotham a lot Ooh. more. Right. Like I know, you know, uh, whatever people have their, their opinions, of that stuff. But I just I almost wish that this book was like a B book connected to something like to, to like other things kind of like happening um, in like in Gotham. Right. Like it. it this book is a great read on its own, but I feel like that there's, I want, I want to know more about some of the stuff that's happening on, on the outside of it that I, I don't know is if either he has the room uh, for here, maybe we'll get it in like subsequent issues and things like that. But uh, there's just something about when Tom King gets his hands on characters like this, that just works. And yeah, I, well, I, I think, would, I'm sorry, I was going to say about landing this plane, like just like it should be remembered how drastically this book begins, like because we are just kind of going back through time. But where it begins is a pretty drastic point. And I feel like if this plane gets landed the right way, it could, you know, by the time we get back there, we're going to come back with a very different understanding Mm -hmm. of like what's going on and what we're looking at. And ultimately how it resolves. And I'm kind of I'm really excited for that. Well, that's the thing, too. Like Chip going off of Jim's point of like wanting to see the more of the world and like see what he can kind of do with this character with more room. I I look to the Chip Zdarsky, the night of establishing Mm. all these things. And then literally when he got Batman, 
working all of those things in exactly. subsequently over time. And I, I right. would hope to also see that here, like whether that's another series involving involving Penguin, but maybe with some other people or right. a different Batman book, whatever. I do want to see like that continued because there's just been so much great work done here. I don't want it to see it just like sit there. And well, that's what I mean. I feel like what Tom King is doing with this for Penguin is kind of like what Dan Slott did for Doc Ock. Right. Yeah. But Doc Ock as a villain kind of pre superior stuff was for all intents and purposes, a joke. Right. Like not no, like he was a villain uh, that you somewhat took seriously when you needed to take him seriously. But for all intents and purposes, you never really did. Right. Right. And Ock now post superior and all of that stuff like is someone that you're that you, you put there's a bit of respect behind uh, doc ox name and i feel like that same transformation is happening here for penguin with tom and i love that for penguin yeah yeah and this is a good book that also each chapter is one that i find like very rereadable mm. like uh, when i'm done because by the time i get to them like oh man like you go back and you reread it and you're just like oh man this is crazy and like Penguin wins in this book, as I as I kind of alluded to. But when you really sit back and break down the levels that like Tom King is working on and why he wins against Batman and how and what that all is for Batman, when you because mm -hmm. you don't really get his perspective there, but like what it all is to Batman and what it must seem like and why he makes the choices he makes by the end of this book. It's pretty messed up because, <laughs> yeah, it goes to like deep to the core of the character um, but it just shows what Penguin's real strength is, mm -hmm. and that's manipulation. And yep. yeah, it, it's great. And this book continues to be every time a new issue comes out, I just like clear everything and sit down, and I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm never get the uh, yeah, get the fine liquor. I sit and get the fine yeah, liquor, get my, yeah. get my pipe, and just, yeah. <laughs> just sit in my, my, my little sitting corner. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> Um, before we move to some rapid fires real quick, uh, let's do a round of uh, record pass. So Resurrection of Magneto, number one. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, Kofi. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to keep it controversial this week. I'm going to have to go thumbs down. I don't think this is going to be accessible to a lot of people. I think this is for the hardcore X-Men Red fans only. And that's uh, too small of a pool to recommend. Jim, what you feeling? Uh, I'm going to give I'm going to go thumbs up uh, because I think I'm I'm the person who has no idea what's going on. And there was a bunch of stuff happening in the beginning that I still didn't know what was going on. But <laughs> the art and the concepts and the stuff that it, like it it introduced felt accessible enough to me to want to keep going, especially with how that last how the how the issue ends. Yeah, um, I will say a thumbs up for me, I think, because uh, I agree wholeheartedly. This is this is dense and maybe too much, but I was still compelled by the things that were in there. And I, I came away going, I need to see how this plays out. So if you've managed to do that with that much information front loaded, <laughs> then I think it's a win. I think it's a win. Um, real quick, uh, let's move into some rapid fire reviews. Uh, Jim, you had a chance to read Ghost Machine. I did. Uh, I got a copy of it here with me. In the oh, end. very nice. Look at that. See this. So for those of you who don't know what Ghost Machine is, I think I think like you need like I know this is a rapid fire thing, but I feel like it needs no, a no, bit no, of, no, you're good. 
whatever. Uh, this is a ton of creators. Like they're all listed on the front page. This is like Jeff Johns, Jason Fabak, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, uh, Lamont McGee, Francis Manipal, Brad Meltzer, Ivan Reese, Peter Snayberg, Peter J. Tomasi, um, and Maytal Shoot, which I'm sure I mispronounced that. I'm sorry. This is a, like, this is, uh, a bunch of creators getting together, wanting to create kind of a new universe in a sense. It's a book put out by image. So it's all creator owned stuff. They all own it. They are all sharing in it. Uh, and they've teased a bunch of the concepts and a bunch of the, the different books. Like there's, there's going to be a number of books that kind of spin out of this, right? I think it's like the, un, uh, there's Geiger and Redcoat and Rook and the Rocketfellers and Hornsby and Halo and Hyde Street. Like, like there's a lot, there's a lot of there's stuff, a lot. like all kind of coming at once. And I think inevitably that's where the downfall is for this. There is in, in a book that I think was supposed to be a, a taste of what all of this stuff is. I, I don't, I don't know where to go, where to start, how to, or yeah. what to really feel there. There's a lot of concepts here that I really, really like, like the ones that I didn't, honestly, I didn't think I was going to like red coat. Uh, oh, and, awesome. And I cannot that, wait for the book. And like that concept actually really, really cool. I love the design of Geiger. Like there's not like nuclear skeleton man who's like super powered and there's a mystery to him. 100%. I love that. And like the, uh, of some of the later stories, the rocket fellers, I also was not like, uh, I, I wasn't sure that was going to be one that, that hooked me. And that, and that was it. That one hooked me. And so of the, seven or so concepts in here i'm definitely you know in on three uh i've been reading junkyard joe uh, so i'm curious to see like how that kind of fits in uh, to all of this this is a book that i think is more like a catalog than a one shot right yeah and um so i think it's it's not one of these things that you just kind of sit down and read from cover to cover and then like try to try to dissect it all. I, w I would say if you're going to get this, and I think you should like kind of take chap, take a break between the chapters in a sense, right. And read each chapter for what it is to kind of understand what the concepts are. There's really cool, like Marvel handbooky style, like character description pages and things like that for uh, all the players involved. But I, I want another like you know universe to kind of live in uh and I, I you know i like that this is a creator owned thing and i like that like there's a bit of buy-in that i do it. and every one of these creators is a top-notch creator and so um i i want to like the other pieces of it rook is very interesting i don't know uh i don't know i if, love like, the rook designs yeah oh the rook God. design like the rook designs are great like i would love to go to my comic shop one day and just get like paper cutout masks of all those rook masks yeah because they're really freaking cool but i don't know as if i fully understand that concept yet uh and so um i think we'll get there i think it's a good like i said it's a good catalog of what's to come for ghost machine but i don't know if it works as it like you know jeff johns is has done before in the past with this stuff at dc like a rebirth one shot or right. uh things like that where that's what i expected from this and that's not what we got and i don't know if that was just because of expectations versus reality and like couldn't if it, it if it had been just the geiger and red coat chapter at the beginning and then like one extra story, I would have been like completely satisfied. Yeah. That, I think that Geiger red coat gets you amped for both of those series, sets 100%. the tone for both. 
it and blends That's them together. Yeah, I'm a sucker for history. Like, <laughs> screw, like when you, I mean, look, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise. Okay, so yeah, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm used to Da Vinci making my armaments, right? So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I love this kind of thing. Like, oh, I met Einstein and he was kind of a jerk and like this and that. There's, there's some really great stuff here. So Red Coat, I'm totally in on. But this yep. is 68 pages. It's, it's that's, a, it's that's a, beating, a lot. <laughs> and it's, and they, they pack a lot of like there's like what nine they're nine there's like eight or nine characters and chapters of stuff yes between them so it's a lot but i but i really am intrigued and, and it already has me hooked for a couple books um real quick because i know we got a uh run spider woman yeah, number right. three continues the gang war tie-in uh if you were a longtime spider woman fan uh your heart's gonna break a little bit uh especially if you've been reading since the dennis hopeless days they do some stuff here that uh had me reeling and I and like you, I could kind of see it coming. And I was like, please don't, please don't. Oh, no, it did. Uh, so I I I don't know. I'm still it, it was great. It's a good issue. But man, I'm just a little for the for the longtime fans. You're going to be a little split on this. Uh, and then uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 116 uh, continues uh, the Darkest Hour event and uh, has a pretty significant, which you'll probably see later on comicbook.com today, uh, has a pretty significant event. Uh, with uh, your boy there on the cover. <laughs> so um, this is, if you're a fan of Ranger Slayer, as I am, uh, this <laughs> is also huge for you. Uh, this is like half a Power Rangers book, but it's also like half Ranger Slayer and Dragon. So if you are a fan of that side of the universe, you should definitely read this because it's it's big. Um, so uh, real quick before we leave, uh, Kofi, you got a recommendation for the week? Uh, just Penguin was mine. Boom. Uh, Jim? Uh, also, I... Hey, check out Punisher this week. Um, it's a it's it's a it's a great one. I, I didn't drop it in the rundown. Um, in three issues, and this is the the issue where we finally kind of get the new Punisher's motivation, why it all works, and why it all comes together. And it comes together really, really well. And this kind of sets it on like I, what I believe is going to be the path. Uh, it does a great reinvention of a possible reinvention of a classic uh, Spider-Man level character that I think uh, is intriguing enough. So that, that's another one I check out as well. Uh, I'm going to give something a, a shout out. Um, Dear Editor uh, is a book I have actually been quite excited for. And uh, it's something kind of outside the usual superhero uh, centric stuff. So definitely give that a, a look. So that is our recommendations for the week. Obviously, thank you so much for joining the show, chiming in. We love you guys. We love that uh, we were part of uh, P. Phil's journey back into the X-Men. Thank you for that. Uh, shout out. It's awesome. We started comic book nation talking about Krakoa and house and powers. So uh, that means a lot. Hope you stick around. Uh, if you want to hear about more books, different books, your own recommendations, let us know. And uh, of course we will also always be talking about comics and everything big uh, in geek culture on comic book nation, the main show on Fridays. So until next time, peace, catch you later. See you. Deuces. Deuces.